Welcome to the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. In a house, the foundation is critical. Your fixer upper could have foundation problems. When the doors and windows will not open and shut properly, when large cracks appear in the floors and walls, or even additions begin to pull away from the house, you know that you have foundation problems. Sometimes marriage is like that fixer upper with foundation problems. When the cracks are getting bigger, when it's becoming unlivable, or the stress is getting bigger than your love, your marriage can begin to fall apart. Today we will learn three ways to keep your marriage from falling apart from Ephesians 5 and verse 33. So here it is, keeping your marriage from falling apart, dealing with foundation problems. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 33. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. I'm going to read it again. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the privilege it is to be able to come to your house today and hear from the Word of God. I pray that your hand would be upon everything said or done today. I pray that you'd have your hand in the service, and Lord, I pray that you would help us here as we look into the subject of marriage. May our marriages be strengthened. May our marriages be better as a result of living the principles of your word. We ask these things in your name. Now, let me just say from the outset that I am not an ideal married person. We don't have like the ideal marriage. I mean, I have issues in our marriage that I'm trying to work through, and I don't know the answer to them. I really don't, and that's why I study so hard and I look so hard. It's for me, because and if other people get help, then so be it. But I need help in my marriage more than anybody else. So I don't think I'm like some kind of final authority or anything like that, because I'm nowhere close to that. But as we look into the scripture today, keeping your love from falling apart, dealing with foundation problems, foundation problems. You know, there are types of foundations in a house. Our house has a slab, and it's a solid concrete floor, and then they have reinforced footers that come down, and it helps everything be stable and stay in place. And some houses have a basement, and they have foundation walls, and they're reinforced by metal rebars. And that, the foundation, and they, they lay the foundation, and you build your house on top of that foundation. And some houses have a crawl space. It's a, it has concrete footers around the edges, and then there's all these uh, pillars throughout that kind of help hold up the house, and there's joists that go across, and they kind of hold everything together as types of foundations. Things that go wrong with foundations, sometimes the soil just settles over time. The soil changes, and the foundation starts to sink, and things start to go wrong with the foundation. Maybe it was in, installed properly from the beginning. It wasn't put in the right way. Maybe the rebars are put in too close to the edges and as rain comes, as time comes along, they start to rust because they're exposed to the elements and things just were were not done right. Maybe the ground wasn't leveled properly before they poured the footers or maybe things were not. Sometimes water or mold or rust just creeps into things and ruins everything. There's signs of a foundation problem in construction. When your doors and your windows will not shut, It's a sign that there's a problem with the foundation. When you see large cracks in the basement floor, 
there's something wrong with your foundation. When there's large cracks in the floor of your house or the floor of your garage, it's probably something has gone wrong with the foundation. There's signs of problems. There's importance of, of your foundation. You know what? Uh, some authorities could come along and condemn your house. I mean, if you have foundation problems, there's some serious things. And your house can completely fall apart if you don't address those foundation problems. But marriage problems are a lot, a lot like that. You know what? We have this foundation that we build our marriage on, and it's the foundation is love, but it's reinforced with faith. We have this faith that we have as Christians and the love that's poured there, and we build our relationship. We build our marriage on that foundation. It goes all the way back from when you met. When I first met my wife, we started this foundation of a relationship, and we built that thing on love and our faith in the Lord, of course. It just reinforces everything. And then over the years, we have built our marriage on that first relationship that we have, that first meeting, that time when we first met. We've built our entire message on that. But signs that your your marriage is falling apart. Signs that the foundation of your marriage is failing. Number one, the cracks are getting bigger. The cracks in your marriage are just getting bigger. The arguments are louder. The disagreements last longer. The words are more hurtful. When you have a crack in the in the floor, you have a crack in the wall of your foundation. It starts out as a small crack, and just over time, the crack just gets bigger, and the crack gets bigger. And that's the way it is in marriage. The foundation just starts to, to mess up, and there are signs. Maybe you have that disagreement, and maybe you, you get angry with each other, When now those arguments are more frequent. Now those arguments are louder. The disagreements last longer. The words just hurt more. The cracks in your marriage are getting bigger. The house is becoming unlivable. You know what? It comes to a point when the, you have foundation problems in the home, you just can't live there anymore. And you know what happens in marriage sometimes? We just start looking for a way out when that becomes an option. Moving out becomes an option. You start to try to consider some way to get out of your marriage. The problems get too big to deal with. The stress is getting bigger than your love. The stressors that we all have in marriage. My wife and I, sometimes we have a lot of stressors in our marriage, and sometimes they just get big. And marriages, stressors just get bigger and bigger, and they get bigger than your love. It's like your love shrinks. And your marriage begins to fail because you have all these stressors and these problems. Just like the foundation of a home, all this stress and all these problems start to compound and your foundation starts to fail. Marriage becomes the same way sometimes. It just starts to fall apart. This morning I want to look at keeping your marriage from falling apart. Let's look at a few ways to keep your marriage from falling apart. And these are principles from the Word of God from our text this morning. Nevertheless, the Bible says, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. The Bible here is summing up this chapter on being spirit filled and being a spirit filled marriage. And here this last verse just kind of sums everything up. Every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. If you want to keep your marriage from falling apart, you're going to have to install reinforcements of faith. You're going to have to install the reinforcements of faith in your marriage. You have to reestablish your walk with the Lord. You know, Christians, we have 
this incredible thing about marriage, we have something that's amazing, and that is our faith that we have in the Lord. And when I met my wife, we both had faith in the Lord, and we got married, and that reinforces our love for one another. You know, our, our human love is frail. We have that faith in God, and we reinforce our love with that faith. It makes everything stronger. Just like putting the metal rebar in a foundation just makes everything stronger. But if you want to keep your marriage from falling apart, you're going to have to reinforce it with faith. Reestablish your walk with the Lord. Sometimes the answers hide in simple things. You know, things like reading your Bible every day, things like praying every day, things like memorizing Bible verses make all the difference in the world in your spiritual walk with God. And when our walk with the Lord is right, it helps our marriage. It helps us to have a godly marriage. How can you have a spirit-filled marriage if you're not spiritual, if you're not seeking the things of God? That seems simple, doesn't it? That seems such a simple thing. We just read your Bible and work on your walk with the Lord. It will help your marriage. But it does. Having that faith to reinforce your love in your marriage makes a huge difference in your life. Your strength and effort are not enough to have a godly marriage. You must live the Spirit-filled life. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse the same chapter we're in this morning. And be not drunk with wine, verse 18, when it's excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then what happens? The Bible goes straight into marriage. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God, verse 22, wives, Submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord so that you have to have a spirit filled life that reinforces the love that you have for each other. You know, sometimes we are trying to make things better when we need to let God be the one that makes things better in our marriage. So faith reinforces the love that we have for each other. The best way to fix your marriage is to fix you. You should focus on the problems that you have first. Sometimes it's real tempting. When we look at our spouse, we want to critique them. We we'll say, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what makes me unhappy. But before you focus on the problems that your wife or your husband has, you need to focus on the problems that you have. Before you could critique your spouse, critique yourself. Consider the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 7. I love the way that Jesus talks, don't you? He's just so plain. He just put things out there. He doesn't care be, to be politically correct or whatever. He just says what needs to be said. And these are the exact words of Jesus. If you have a red letter Bible, it's in red print because this is actually what he said. These came, these words came out of his mouth as he ministered to people on the earth. In, in Matthew chapter seven, verse number three, and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? But considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, Jesus says, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. But that's the way we get sometimes in marriage. We just want to straighten our spouse out. I mean, we want to get them right. We want to make them right. And we don't see sometimes that we have this huge beam, like Jesus said. And when you take a look in the mirror, you've got this huge problem in your life. You have all these things that you need to fix. But yet we see the problems of someone else exaggerated. I mean, our spouse has a problem. And maybe it's really not that big of a deal. Jesus said he's 
He has a moat in his eye, but yet you're looking at yourself and you've got a big beam sticking out of your eye. But that's the way it is sometimes. We look at someone else's problems and we magnify them. But we need to magnify our own problems and get those problems fixed in our life. And that strengthens our marriage. When our walk with the Lord, when my walk with the Lord is right, it helps my marriage to be right as well. The best way to fix your marriage is to fix you. Trust in doing things God's way. Trust in doing things God's way. Sometimes we want to do things our own way. But you know what? We need to trust God's way of doing things, not the world's way, not psychology today's way of doing things, of fixing our marriage and having a better life. But trust in doing things God's way when God really makes it plain and God just makes it simple. He sums it up that every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Trust in doing things God's way. God's way. You know what? Nagging. Women have this habit of nagging. Nagging your husband will only drive him away. Mothering will not help your marriage. Scolding will break your relationship. But you know, that's just the way it is. Women have this motherly aspect about them. And you know, you get married and then you have kids and your husband doesn't know how to take care of the kids, right? So you have to kind of show him how to, what to do. And this is what you're supposed to do. This is how you take care of kids. And, and sometimes that motherly instinct just kind of kicks in. But you know, your wife, your husband does not need to be mothered. He didn't marry you for him to have another mother, but nagging your husband will only drive him away. Ignoring your wife, sir, will only break your marriage. Not listening to your wife will destroy your happiness in marriage. Sometimes as men, we just want to retreat. When my wife wants to have a conversation and I don't like the way things are going and maybe it's being critic criticism of me, my first instinct as a man is to go into my cave, is to disappear. I don't want to deal with this problem. But ignoring your problems, ignoring your wife will break your marriage. But you know what? When we do things God's way, you can have a holy marriage. You can have a marriage that makes you holy. Your marriage will become a picture of Christ and the church, just the way the Bible describes it. You will discover what it means of God making you holy. You know what? Even if your spouse doesn't do right, if you're doing right, if you're doing right in your marriage, God can use your marriage to make you holy. How many times have I not done right, but Jesus has done right? We could all say that, right? But when we do things right, it helps us to be holy in our marriage. But trust in doing things God's way. Sometimes it's just as simple as doing what God said. Sometimes in marriage, it's just as simple as putting your faith and trust in God's word and just doing what the Bible says. Trust in doing things God's way. Choose to believe in your spouse. I have to admit that Christ believes in me even when I don't deserve to be believed in. Believe in your spouse the way that Christ believes in the church. How patient is the Lord with you? How many times does the Lord forgive you when you've done wrong? I don't know about you, but God forgives me all the time. Peter asked this question of the Lord in Matthew chapter 18. It's kind of a classic question that we've all heard asked, right? Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And he offers the Lord an answer. How often should I forgive my brother? And he says, till seven times. Because that sounds like a good number. The number seven. That sounds like a good number, Lord. Should I forgive? If my brother wrongs me seven times, is that the end? Is that the last time I should forgive him? And Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. So Jesus said, 
your forgiveness should continue to go. It should not have a limit, just like his forgiveness to me. I'm thankful that even though I have failed the Lord 70 times seven, more than 70 times seven, when I come to him, he still offers me forgiveness and he still offers me grace. You should believe in your spouse just like Jesus believes in you. Forgive your spouse the way that God forgives you. Fill in the cracks with love. Install the reinforcements of faith was our first point. But secondly, fill in the cracks with love. Fill in those cracks with love. Consider the motive of your wife's heart. You know, God made woman to love. In fact, God commands the the man to love. Husbands, love your wives even as your own selves, right? That's what the Bible says. Our verse said this morning. But God did not command, he didn't have to command women to love. I mean, they just naturally have this ability to love. Women are good at loving. My wife is good at loving. If you ask me the question, do you have any doubt whatsoever that your wife loves you? I would say absolutely none. I know my wife loves me. And I think if you took most men and asked them that question, you would get the same response. Yes, my wife does love me. I know my wife loves me because women are really good at loving. I mean, if God put that in the Bible, women, you should love your husbands. I think it would be a home run every time women would. I know how to love my husband. I can do this. God didn't put that in there. But God commands the man to love. What everything that the woman does, she does with love in her heart. She loves my wife loves me. Even when I say things that I shouldn't say, consider the motive of your wife's heart. God made woman to love. And my wife is a very loving person. I believe that she loves me. Everything she does, she does with love in her heart. You know what? Sometimes as men, we have to consider the motive of your wife. You have to consider what's in your heart. Sometimes you have to see through what your wife is saying and realize what's in her heart. I know my wife loves me, even if she says something that she should not. You know what? I know that my wife really loves me, even when she does something that is not very respectful toward me. I know that she loves me, even when her words and her attitudes are not showing it. I know that my wife loves me and I should show that same love to her. Be patient with the woman that God has given you to love. You know what? You should love your wife even when it seems hard. God had to command man to love. Sometimes it's hard for men to show love. But love her even when it seems hard to you. Love her even when she does not respect like she should. Sometimes she just wants to talk about how she feels. And sometimes... My wife may say something and she doesn't mean it the way she sounds. And I know as her husband that she loves me. But in order to love her, I have to be patient with her. I have to see through what she's saying. And I have to be patient enough to love her like Christ loves the church and know that my wife loves me because God has put that love in her heart. She was created and she loves me. That's something she naturally does. Show your wife that you love her. You know, women have this instinctive need for reassurance to be loved. I mean, they need it to be told them all the time. My wife loves it for me to say, I love you. My wife, it didn't take me long when I started courting my wife to realize that she likes to feel special. 
She likes to feel important out of all the people in the world that I love her, that she's important to me. My wife likes to feel noticed. Well, no wonder she spends so much time when we were dating, getting getting ready and drove her, my father-in-law crazy, spending hours getting ready. When I came up, she wanted me to notice how pretty she was. And she's still she's still a very beautiful lady and she still spends time to be pretty for me, but she has that need to be reassured that you love her. Do little things that show your love. You know, flowers can go a long way. I recently bought my wife some flowers and she was so happy. She put them in a vase. It's been about three weeks and those things are still alive. I mean, those are some some hardy flowers. I don't know where they came from. I know where I bought them from, but they are still going strong. But they, she every time she walks by, she sees those flowers and she talks about them. Oh, these are the flowers that you got for me. They're still they're still living there. But, you know, that means something. The little things that show your love. You know, as a man, I don't need anybody to show me that they love me. I mean, I know my wife loves me. She doesn't have to do anything to show me that she loves me. She doesn't have to order flowers. She doesn't have to order balloons when I come home from work. She doesn't have to have some kind of party ready for me for me to know that I love her. But, you know, women are different. They need to be reassured. They need cards. How about love notes for your wife? to show that you love her. Those are things you can do to show. And then the big things you can do to show that you love your wife, remembering special occasions, spending time together. How about just engaging in a conversation with your spouse? Give your life for your spouse. Jesus gave his life for the church. You know what? To give your life for your spouse, guess what this means? You have to stay out of your cave. I have the cave too. I have that place that I want to go and I just want to be alone. But women have this code and it's like a universal thing. And I'm not saying all women do it. I just know from experience and from reading that a lot of women have this code of nagging and being disrespectful to their husband. But men have this code of silence and anger. You know what? When women sometimes they want to talk things out. They want to talk things through. I want to be left alone. I want to go somewhere and I have to deal with this. I have a cave that I go to. I have a code of silence and honor. But where women want to talk things out, men just want to keep it in. But you know what? If you want to love your wife the way that Christ loved the church, you're going to have to engage with your wife. It means you're going to have to communicate with her. Be patient and loving with your wife, just like Christ is patient and loving with you. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26, the Bible says this, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. But how many times does the devil try to slip into your marriage and make as a man make you angry at your wife and then the sun goes down and then you go to bed and you're angry and God, the devil just puts his bitterness in your heart, giving place to the devil and he's He does that. He tries to divide you in marriage and he tries to destroy marriage because he absolutely hates it. In Colossians chapter three and verse 13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ also forgave you, so also do ye. So when your wife says something and maybe she lets you know how she feels. And as a man, you know, when I say things, I have this honor code. You know, when I say I want to be a man of word, a man of honor. And when I say something, I really mean it. And sometimes my wife gets emotional and she says things that says things. 
that she doesn't mean. I think most women are probably the same way. They just get kind of emotional and sometimes they say things that they don't mean. But the Bible says forbearing one another and forgiving one another. That means looking past what's being said and looking into your wife's heart and knowing that she loves you and that you can forgive her even as Christ forgave you. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And this is one of my verses that I love to quote to the kids all the time. Kids all the time fight. You know what? Married couples fight sometimes too, don't they? Sometimes married couples have disagreements, don't they? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, and be ye kind one to another. I always make my kids say that. I say, and be ye Kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. To give your life for your spouse, it means, it means being patient and loving and giving your time and your heart to her. So we see the install, install reinforcements of faith. If you don't want your marriage to fall apart, install those reinforcements of faith. Fill in the cracks of your marriage with love. When you see those cracks start to form, fill them in with love. But lastly, repair the damage with respect. Repair the damage with respect. Our text today says, so let, he, so let every man in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. That word means to respect, to reverence her husband. We talked about this a little bit last week, about having respect and reverence towards your husband but give, give your husband respect. You know, just like women are wired for love. I mean, they are wired just, they are wired to love. God just loved them and made them to love and to be loved and to want that desire to feel loved. Now, men are wired for something else. Men are wired for respect. Men give each other respect. I talked about this last week, how men will go to war and battle. They will fight for their country and their honor. You said men will fight for each other on the battlefield. Men will give their lives for one another. It's honor. We're all, men are all about honor and respect. We just seek it instinctively. You know what? I'm going to say this, that most men, I think, would rather feel respected than they would feel loved. Women would rather feel loved than respected. But men would rather feel respected than loved. And we have this code of respect and honor. But give your husband respect because that is a need that he has in his life. God commanded wives to respect their husbands. God did not command the man to respect his wife. He commanded the man to love his wife. But he gives the wives commandments to respect their husbands. You know why? Because God created man with specific needs. God created woman with this hunger and this need to be loved. And God created man with this hunger and this need to be respected. And the Bible has it right because the Bible says, see that she reverence her husband. See that she gives respect to her husband. So God commands it. Women should give love. Men should, men should give, men give respect and they need respect. They need respect from their wife. Give the gifts of respect to your husband. You know what? Your husband may not see the value of respect until you give it to him. You know what? I don't think men, like I know some women, they just want to be loved. That's why so many love songs, right? So many songs about love. But you don't know that men walk around and say, I want to be respected. You know, but I think all men, I think most men, it's universal that I know of, that I, if my own personal experience, 
just to know that my wife respects me is a huge deal. I mean, you know what it feels like as a woman when your husband says, I love you. If you say, I respect you, I reverence you, I respect you because of this, your husband will absolutely feel the same way that you do. He'll get the warm, fuzzy feelings that you do when you hear, I love you. Because men are wired that way. Men are wired different than women. God made made us with, with different needs and different things that we need from one another. Give the gift of respect to your husband. He needs respect the way that you need love. Show respect to your husband like the church should show to Christ. Because that's what the Bible says, right? That's not psychology today. That's not philosophy today. That's... Not the latest, that's the Word of God. That's the Bible. That's what God says. Make your respect for your husband unconditional. Now, wait a second. Now, when a husband loves the wife, that should be unconditional, right? I think that every woman, all women everywhere would raise their hand. It should be unconditional. My husband should love me unconditional. That's the love that I see. Make your respect unconditional. Respect even when it's hard to. The husband should love even when it's hard to, right? Of course he should love when it's hard to. The wife should respect even when it's hard to. Respect even when your husband has not earned respect. How about this? Do and say little things that show your respect. Filter your words with respect. Before you speak, ask this question. Does this sound respectful toward my husband? Now, this doesn't mean that we can use the Bible like ammunition, like some men, you know, would say, you know what, you need to respect me. That's not the way it works. And the woman says, you need to love me. That's not the way it works. You look at your own self. Are you respecting your husband like you should? Am I respecting my wife? Am I loving my wife like I should? If I do those things, that is the formula that God gives in the Bible to have a marriage that's honoring to him, to have a marriage that creates holiness, that creates a picture of Christ and the church. Filter your words with respect. Learn how to respect your husband with the way you talk. You might be surprised at the way things change in your home if you learn how to respect your husband. Filter those words with respect. In conclusion, there are three ways to keep your marriage from falling apart. Install the reinforcements of faith. Fill in those cracks in the foundation with love and repair any damage with respect. And God has something amazing planned for your marriage. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege to be a Christian and to be saved and to be in your house today. I pray that you'd help us to put our faith and our trust in the principles, our confidence in the principles of your word. And I pray that we would pattern our marriage after the word of God. And Lord, we would seek to please you in everything. Lord, as we deal with our our spouse, I pray that we would use these principles that you have given us in your word. To, to live by and to live our lives by. And when, may we experience a spirit-filled marriage as you have given us the formula, as you've given us the instructions to experience. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen.